Welcome back to Podcast 83 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by ShotQualityBets.com for 20% off Shot Quality Bets and get a perspective different than the market. Please visit Shot Quality and use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions apply. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers, including myself, to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I had a great weekend myself. Got to do a lot of stuff with family. Took the kids up to the Polar Express on Friday. Was able to watch a little football on Friday, but <laughs> had to drive up there, and uh, it was wonderful. It was just a magical experience for them. Uh, it's set up pretty cool up in Williams, Arizona, and I am pretty impressed with the hospitality that they showed us. It's just basically a hotel close to the Grand Canyon. They have a train that goes to the Grand Canyon and uh, they set up the Polar Express every single year for your family with kids. And, uh, you know, it's done right and uh, the best that they can. And the restaurant is kind of like an all-you-can-eat buffet right next door that comes with the purchase. And I recommend it for anybody uh, trying to do something cool for their kids. It was fun. From a sports betting perspective, Thanksgiving was a little down, I believe. We did well in college basketball. As a matter of fact, I'm on a 7-2 and two run my last play nine plays in college basketball and believe i'm back in black had a rough start due to uh just variance a ton of closing line value the first week or two and some bad beats or some tough beats but i'm happy to be back in the black and on a massive run in college basketball latched onto a few teams <laughs> so sometimes when it when uh you know a team's massively undervalued you can latch on to them a little bit early so that went really well. The football on Thanksgiving, the college game was actually good between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. There's some uh, coaching mishaps by Lane Kiffin that we get into a little bit later. But from an overall perspective, two of the three NFL games were uh, very fun to watch. Uh, one of them, the Dallas Cowboys, really wasn't and just kind of became a ref show, but in in general, I was uh, pretty happy with what we got from a fan perspective, I guess, on Thanksgiving. Uh, as far as the weekend, college football was uh, pretty close to even. College basketball put us over the top and profitable on Saturday, and Sunday had a great day going 5-2 and two in college or in NFL, and college basketball, we had one play and was up about nine, nine and a half units just on Sunday with a teaser. I refuse to lose teaser, other half leg pending tonight with the Steelers up to eight and a half. So a uh, wonderful weekend of sports betting and of football. And if you like to benefit from the plays I make, check us out at theozbreakers.com. I've, 
I work very hard on capping my games. I uh, always have great line value and options usually later in the week in the NFL as well as college football, college basketball, the sports that I care about most, some UFC as well. So uh, just been really happy with the run I've been on over the past month and a half or so in all sports. So starting with a recap here, starting with college football, I got to tell you, uh, there's some disappointing teams over the weekend, and some of those make my good, bad, and ugly section as well. But I touched on the Ole Miss game. The Ole Miss lost to Mississippi State. I had a lean to Mississippi State, even though my power rating said Ole Miss. Maybe the old Lane Kiffin news did get to the kids somewhat. Florida, Florida State was a pretty good game. I unfortunately missed that game because I did leave early, uh, as well as NC State, North Carolina. I cannot believe North Carolina blew that game on uh, Friday there. But the biggest head scratcher was Nebraska beating Iowa. (laughs) And I could not believe it when Nebraska was up 17 to zip at Iowa at the half. I was like, are you kidding me? My Purdue plus 600 to win the Big Ten West is back on track and uh, just kind of watching the rest of the game. By that time, I was up at my destination and I was like, oh my God, this is good about to happen here. And my Purdue has a very good shot as a double-digit favorite over Indiana and they ended up winning and was very happy with that. And uh, it was one of our futures that we gave out and... Uh, it's just nice to see when that comes into fruition. I thought that Purdue was dead. I for forever we thought it was going to be Minnesota at first, right? And then we th- then we're like, oh my god, it's going to be Illinois taking the Big Ten West, and then Illinois craps the bed in some easy games. And uh, you think that Iowa's got it, and <laughs> lo and behold, they lose to one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Unreal. Yeah, so that's kind of how it goes. The Big Ten West, as predicted, was just a big mess, and uh, all these teams had faults, and uh, no one was really better than the other. You know, it's just kind of one of those situations here when you uh, try to cap it in the beginning of the season. And I just figured I'm going to take the little bit bigger of a long shot. Iowa was second. Wisconsin was first. I believe Nebraska was third. Um Purdue was fourth, Minnesota fifth, uh, and this is all the way in the West. And then obviously, obviously Northwestern's way down there. But uh, I just took a shot with Nebraska and Purdue and ended up uh, working out well. Obviously, the big story of the weekend was Michigan versus Ohio State. And we gave out a three-star play on Michigan uh, three, four weeks ago when it was eight and a half. That's the point where I started noticing that yeah, Michigan's probably about as good as Ohio State, maybe just barely under. And that's when I made a massive move in my power ratings. I think I had them about a three-point difference, which no other ratings really had. I noticed some flaws with Ohio State, and I also noticed Ohio State not start games really well. Well, to be honest with you, Ohio State started the first half better than I thought, even though Michigan converted a bunch of third downs and was uh, – you know, in that game and winning it at the very end of the first half, which was nice for our Michigan first half bet at plus four and a half. So uh, really happy with the Michigan thing. 
uh, nailed that. I mean, for a Buckeyes fan, I'd be pretty disappointed in your showing there, especially how at the very end, the score was a lot more lopsided than it actually was during the game. There's just a bunch of pass interference that was called on Ohio State that they're not used to getting, you know, and uh, that's that's another issue with the Big Ten. They're just inconsistent. Um, they let players do things some games, and then they call it the other games. And the Ohio State players look shocked that they're getting some of those called. Now, one of them in the end zone, I thought that was kind of a garbagey pass interference call. His head wasn't quite turned around. He was looking up, though, for the ball. He, he just wasn't turned around. And I thought that was a bad call. But some of the other pass interference was pass interference. It really was. But Ohio State probably not used to getting a lot of those called on him and uh, ended up biting him. And Michigan just took total control. Ohio State cheated up to stop the run, which is what they thought they were going to do. And uh, McCarthy <laughs> won the game literally for the, the Wolverines. You know, it was all J.J. McCarthy. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, 263 yards. I mean, C.J. Stroud had more yards, 349. And it's not even the like the Buckeyes did that bad, 143 yards rushing. It's just that they couldn't really punch it in nearly as much in the red zone, and that's where they kind of choked. We were worried about Michigan in the red zone, and the whole time it's Ohio State that was bad in the red zone here. But Michigan's receiving Cornelius Johnson, four receptions, 160 yards. He was a beast. Ronnie Bell, three receptions, 46 yards. Uh, Donovan Edwards, how about that? 22 carries for 216 yards. Blake Corum only ran the ball twice. Two carries for six yards. He was kind of injured, right? But he wanted to play anyway. Well, it didn't matter, you know. And uh, now Michigan's on the inside track. They can lose to Purdue, which they're 17 and a half point favorites, but they could lose to Purdue and still make it in the college football playoff, but they're looking for the number one or two seed. I'd be curious if uh, they let Michigan jump Georgia. I don't think they will because Georgia had the stronger non-conference, but it'd be very interesting. I have it Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and uh, USC. If not, then Ohio State probably in over USC. You know, a lot of people say it should be Alabama. Well, if that's true, why isn't it Tennessee? Because the committee looks at head-to-head schedule. They looked at similar opponents. <laughs> they look at strength of schedule. All those Tennessee has over Alabama this year. So I find it very strange to, for Alabama to be ranked higher when um, all their things that they claim that they use to judge these teams uh, all favor Tennessee. So uh, think about that inconsistency. But that was the biggest game. A couple other choke jobs. Clemson, you know, losing to South Carolina. Now, we just saw South Carolina uh, beat a, you know, very good team themselves in Tennessee. And all of a sudden, South Carolina beats Clemson. It's like, where was this all year, South Carolina? Where was this when I was betting on you? You know, I mean, how the heck is Spencer Rattler all of a sudden showing up and looking like a professional quarterback these last two games against some very tough opponents? Absolutely blows my mind, but uh, uh, Clemson's completely out of it now. And same with North Carolina losing to NC State. That was pretty bad in itself. So um, great weekend of watching college football for sure. But now Ohio State is uh, going to be the biggest Utah fans probably in the nation coming up for this weekend because uh, I personally believe it would be Ohio State in.
Another choke job, LSU. What the hell were you guys doing losing by double digits to a terrible Texas A&M team? A Texas A&M team that's not even going to make a bowl game? Seriously, LSU? And people were talking like they should get in. You know, I was like, no, it's probably the Big Ten losers ahead of them, even if they win the SEC was the way I was looking at it. But who knows? You know, now it's like TCU, I think, has to be in because why would you punish TCU for playing an extra game in the, in the regular season, especially because of the fact that their strength schedule is pretty good? You know, um, you know, it's not like TCU played uh, too many tomato cans. You got Oklahoma there. You got your uh, Texas that's pretty highly ranked. They beat an SMU team that was, you know, I mean, SMU used to be good team in the American Athletic Conference. And it's not their fault Colorado sucks. <laughs> you know, they scheduled Colorado. But, um, you know, you compare them to some other teams. Why would they be left out if they lose to Kansas State? The scary thing is that Kansas State, dang good team. Kansas State might even be a little bit better than TCU, and they're going to be looking for revenge from that loss that they choked away um, in the in the uh, no, early November, I believe it was. No, it was October 22nd. So very interesting college football last weekend. Uh, NFL, starting out with Thursday, kind of like I said, the uh, Detroit game was Really good. I enjoyed the game. Buffalo won at the end. Probably saved a lot of survivors. But Buffalo was losing that game for a long time uh, until the very end of the second half, of the first half. You know, Buffalo got a safety in the third, and the Lions actually scored them eleven to nine, but lost by three. You know, yeah, give the Lions props. They played hard, and uh, Buffalo probably shouldn't have went home and came back. It was kind of screwy how that all happened, but uh, maybe they had. Thanksgiving plans for Wednesday night with their families or something or Tuesday night, who knows? But that was a, a an exciting game to watch. But this game, the Giants Cowboys was terrible. It was it just the fishing crew was absolutely horrible. The calls on the Cowboys were like eleven on the Cowboys and five on the Giants. And watching that game, the Giants weren't doing anything special. They were really banged up on their offensive line. So I expected an easy cover for the Cowboys, but that completely threw a wrench into it. And when Maher missed that field goal at the end, that would have put him up 18, you knew that your plus your or your Cowboys minus eight and a half great line value was absolutely toast by the end of that game. So uh, they came back, got the personal foul against Micah Parsons, which put the Giants on the goal line with a couple seconds left. And of course, they score because the Cowboys can allow it you know they're they're up by double digits so just one of those awful beats for uh cowboys betters and i including myself i was on that side had them in the contest as well i ended up going four and one in the contest for circa would have been five and oh if uh that nasty beat didn't happen to me but the patriots vikings uh i bet the over in that game and that thing was decided quickly i was happy about that 16 to 16 at the half and the way that game was going i I thought that the over 42.5 was massively too low. The Vikings are an over team in general, so uh, I don't think they have a great defense, and the Patriots put up a, a ton of yards on them. So uh, it was exciting from a scoring per, uh, perspective 
for your fantasy football as well as if you were a totals better. The cup Vikings covered as well. I had a lean to the Vikings minus two and a half. Definitely wish I would have took that uh, instead of uh, the Cowboys. So Sunday, everything kind of fell exactly where I thought it would, except for just a few things. Uh, Bears-Jets had a large play in the Jets minus four, and that thing closed at like eight and a half, especially with all the bad news for the Bears. And this is how you get line value. You kind of assume that Justin Fields wasn't going to play, and that was the big part of the first move. But then um, there's some other quarterback shenanigans going on with the Bears. But they also have a very banged-up defense, and they just lost Mooney for this game as well. It's just the Bears are in shambles right now. And uh, for Mike White coming in, it was a perfect game for him to start, and it was a horrible game for his now backup, Zach Wilson, the one that ran his mouth because you knew Mike White was going to have a great game against a terrible defense. It's just a, just so bad. It's like too bad for Wilson that White didn't start like against the Patriots, right? Or uh, against like the New Orleans Saints or the Niners, right? So now that pretty much sealed the deal at least for the next few weeks. And I think Mike White will keep his uh, starting position. Browns Bucks. I stayed away from that one. I leaned the Browns at the three and a half, and uh, the Browns won outright. The Bucks have some massive problems, and it looks like I just hit the uh, Bucks season win total under as well. So I got to be happy about that. Uh, Buccaneers under eleven point five wins. They have six losses now, so there you go. They can only get up to eleven if they won out. The Bengals took care of the Titans quite easily 20 to 16 well not easily they they had to show a couple stands i lean the bengals but it wouldn't have surprised me if the titans won this game you know so i was just a lean bengals were a little bit beat up and they had to use samaje p ryan instead of mixing and i believe jamar chase was still out this game and there was reports that he was going to play which is a big head scratcher uh for me i'm like why would you have why would you announce that? You know, he's back at practice looking to play, and then he doesn't even play. So I think it threw a lot of people off. Probably a little push of Titans money coming in at the end there. Uh, Texans-Dolphins, that wasn't even a game. Uh, the Texans almost backdoored it. Uh, the Dolphins kind of quit playing the first half, up 30 nothing, and they won 30-15. to So that must have been a little bit uh, scary for any Dolphins betters and probably a little bit of a tease for any Texans betters out there commanders versus falcons uh this is one i felt fortunate winning because i thought the commanders didn't deserve to win that game or cover their minus four this was my like last one in the contest i just didn't like a whole lot of other plays i guess the panthers was a lean of mine too i hit a lot of leans but i don't think i deserve the commanders win by uh six points there the falcons threw a pick at the very end of that game that would have put them ahead if they were scored a touchdown close to the goal line and uh panthers broncos the broncos are absolutely pathetic i have uh this one certainly for our next segment ravens jaguars was fantastic it was exciting um i was so pissed at the jaguars (laughs) for allowing the ravens to go up uh 27 to 0 they scored 8 points so they were up they're down 
or sorry, they were up by one point, 20-19. The Jaguars were up by one point. The Ravens scored a touchdown, but they gave time left to the Jaguars. The Ravens should have just took a knee and kicked the field goal to win, which would have been the cover for my plus four anyway. But instead, they scored a touchdown. I was pulling my hair out. Then the Jaguars went down and scored a quick touchdown themselves with Trevor Lawrence, which shocked me because normally Lawrence chokes in these situations. And I ended up getting this cover. I thought it was toast at the end, but I was really happy about that. Uh, Chargers versus Cardinals. I tweeted out something about the Cardinals. They just cannot figure out how to win a game. It's like you give Kyler Murray the ball. You got to go for a first down because the Chargers have timeouts and they're just going to get the ball back. And you know how good Justin Herbert is. He's got his receivers. You're totally screwed. And what happened? They were totally screwed. The Chargers went for two and ended up winning the game. You know, uh, mismanaged on the coaching side, and also mismanaged for uh, Kyler Murray. He he looks lost out there in these situations himself. He hasn't been that clutch of a player, in my opinion. So a lot of blame goes to the four and eight Cardinals in this situation. It looks like they are out of the playoffs themselves. Raiders Seahawks was absolutely a shootout. I could not believe how entertaining that game was. And then the Raiders pulling up with the upset over four-point dogs. What is going on there in Seattle? I knew Seattle was a little fraudulent. Don't get me wrong. But I just could not bring myself to bet the Raiders. The Rams, their season's done. Three and eight against the Chiefs. Uh, Saints-Niners. Niners win 13 to zip. This shouldn't have been a cover. The Niners were over seven-point favorites the whole week, around eight-ish. Eight and a half. I uh, went up all the way up to nine and a half. And I said to myself, this thing hits 10. I'm betting the Saints. Well, I'm glad I didn't hit 10 because the Saints threw two turnovers or they actually threw one pick, I believe. And then they uh, just all, all four downs, they couldn't get in the end zone. They had two red zone situations. If they got them, they win the game. If they get one, they get the cover. That's how crazy of a close game this was. Very poor play, I thought, by Jimmy Garoppolo and a lot of these guys. I thought um, the Saints are getting healthier, too, finally, on defense. So I'll be watching out for the Saints. And the Packers-Eagles, watch some of that one. I was surprised to see the Packers actually jump into the game itself, but the Eagles did enough to cover the 6.5 closing line. It was 7 at the Circa. If this was going to be 6.5 at the Circa, I would have picked them. I had a personal play on the Eagles, minus 6.5, but did not play it for subscribers the good the bad and the ugly from the weekend my friends and what we are looking at for the good was thanksgiving such an amazing holiday hanging out with your family drinking a little bit uh, having some delicious food, delicious hors d'oeuvres. I hope you followed my rules of not eating a lunch and eating hors d'oeuvres instead. Um, it was just a nice weekend, uh, full of sports, uh, full of relaxation. There's some travel for us, but thank goodness it wasn't on Thanksgiving Day. Another good, or maybe the best thing of the weekend for Badger fans, is the Luke Fickle hire to wisconsin can you believe it i thought for sure they were going to go with jim leonard and i like jim leonard a lot and i was okay with giving him a three-year deal if they could find another oc but fickle is proven he took cincinnati and brought them to the freaking college football playoffs and yeah they got beat by alabama because alabama just out game planned them that game they ran the ball which wasn't what fickle was expecting but still getting a 
group of five team to the playoffs and all the teams that they beat along the way just stopping teams that was fantastic and he was able to get some serious talent over there right Travis Kelsey played there I believe uh Ahmad Sauce Gardner the cornerback there fantastic uh corner at the Jets he's looking awesome so far uh, Alec Pierce I believe played for them yeah the, the, just a ton of great guys I believe he can recruit this is a good play and it's also not one of those Scott Frost gadgety type teams coming from the American Athletic where it doesn't work as well in the Big Ten. Fickle ran a pro-style offense. Now, there's some Badger fans that are a little upset and thought that Jimmy should get it. My my thoughts are maybe there's something that we don't know. Maybe Jimmy was a little immature about some things that happened that were just under the radar. I, I don't know myself because I thought that Leonard was a big coaching candidate himself but i gotta tell you i'm happy with this and i am absolutely shocked that uh they're able to pull off a a big name like fickle because fickle has been wanted by a lot of teams notre dame wanted him really you know many big schools and let's see if he can change the culture of wisconsin to start playing some uh better offense and continue with that uh in your face defense i highly doubt now Jim Leonard sticks around, and it's going to be a few years now for this program to rebuild. Jim Harbaugh, that's good. You know, if you've been listening to this show a long time, you know that I was one of the few people that backed Jim Harbaugh when the media was crushing him, saying he's a complete failure, get rid of him, he should be fired. Now look at him. You know, now I knew Harbaugh was a good coach because I watched him at Stanford. I watched him coach the hell out of that team, making them relevant. Hell, they were a top five team at one time. I saw him coach the Niners into that Super Bowl where that one non-call could have had him beating his brother, uh, John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens, that awesome brother versus brother Super Bowl. I knew he was good. He just had some bad luck with some recruits that didn't turn out his first five, six, seven years. But then boom, you know, now he beats Ohio State two years in a row, beats him at the shoe. Massive props to Coach Jim Harbaugh. And another good was Justin Fields. And he didn't even play this week to make my good. But the fact that the Bears look so bad without him just kind of makes Justin Fields look that much better after missing a week. So there you go, Bears. This is what it looks like without Justin Fields, and also with Mike White. Um, It's good for Mike White. I'm not sure if it's good for um, the truth because the Bears' defense is terrible. Eddie Jackson went out right away. But, um, I mean, for Mike White, he now has a little inside track to continue to be the starting quarterback in New York there. So uh, definitely a good weekend for him. Now for the bad, obviously touched on the Giants-Dallas game, just very one-sided officiating Ross Tucker even uh, tweeted out how they became the stars of the game which it really was there's too many flags in general I just wanted to enjoy a middle of the day Thanksgiving game which is probably the more viewed Thanksgiving game so unfortunately that wasn't a great look for the NFL the Maher missed field field goal was actually part of that you know (laughs) as soon as he missed that field goal you knew from a betting perspective that you were screwed and that back door was 
wide open. Uh, Lane Kiffin and his clock management was absolutely terrible. What the heck are you doing calling timeouts before your two-point conversion? What if you miss it, dude? And there's two minutes left. You can literally stop the clock and get the ball back. But no, you took your two timeouts and blew it. You know, it's like uh, you missed the, the two point conversion. Uh, obviously, if you made it, then nobody talks about the uh, screw up that you just made with your timeouts. But obviously, you missed and uh, became big news because you're supposed to be the man that is next in line for a big offer from Auburn's. <laughs> That was pretty big. Lane Kiffin's great offensive coordinator, but man, some of these offensive coordinators do not make good head coaches. Uh, it's a little too early for me to say that yet. Lane Kiffin could turn out good. That was just a bad look for him this week. Graham Mertz, man, did Wisconsin have a bad weekend, losing the axe once again to Minnesota and a backup quarterback. I guess it wasn't just Mertz. The defense kind of caved, but you got to put up more points than that. You know, Graham Mertz, overthrowing guys, throwing interceptions in the most crucial time, completely uncatchable balls. You know, he didn't get just one coach fired in Paul Christ. He got Jim Leonard fired because he's not the guy that we all thought that was going to get the Wisconsin head coaching job. So uh, pretty bad look for Graham Mertz there. And my guess is that he's not going to be around next year. And he will be probably playing for like FIU or uh, some other smaller school, hoping to redeem his college football career and have any chance in making the NFL. If you remember, about three years ago, Patrick Mahomes tweeted about him. So <laughs> everything spiraled downwards from there. Another bad, the Cardinals choke. That was just an absolute choke job by the Cardinals. Kyler Murray just, first of all, why are you throwing the ball if you're plan is to run out the clock he took a sack which has made the punt that much worse but I wasn't sure what they were doing there and then they ran the ball kind of at the end to Connor who got eight yards but not quite enough to get the first down just a massive choke I mean if you don't want to give the Chargers the ball back be a little creative you know in that situation but as soon as they punted I knew the Chargers were going to score and I was a little concerned for my plus four and a half I had beautiful line value in that game uh Baylor betters and I'm talking about football Baylor freaking bad they're covering that game they're winning most of that game you're sitting there with plus eight think you have that in the bank and then just the very end they completely choked it away well what one thing i will say is that that whole time that baylor was winning i knew they shouldn't have been winning i knew i was on the wrong side of that bet you know uh, i it closed at like 10 10 and a half there's some 11s out there thank god for somebody that might have pushed but geez i mean baylor betters that thing was just taken right from you by Texas and B. John Robinson. They just ran it down Baylor's throat. And, man, their quarterback there, Shapin, is not the man. Another bad, I guess, Clemson. I mean, you lost to South Carolina. You could have at least made it so you can start yelling at people this week and be like, why aren't we in the over USC? Or if USC loses over Ohio State, blah, 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 you know. Well, they completely took that opportunity away because now Clemson has two losses to Notre Dame and South Carolina, and they are completely out of the college football playoffs. So bad for Clemson. Now for the ugly. 
There is some serious ugly from this week. LSU losing by 15 points to Texas A&M. That certainly makes the ugly because everyone had LSU ranked so high. I wasn't nearly as high as some people on LSU. I think they barely got in my top 10. Uh, the college football committee had them number five. Number five? And they did double digit. Thank goodness that that happened because we don't want any frauds up there anymore. That was ugly. Uh, Vanderbilt. And my bet on Vanderbilt was ugly. What the hell was I thinking? I knew that Milton was in. I thought Tennessee's hopes and prayers were kind of crushed. Well, no, the other Tennessee stopped by. The Tennessee that was pissed wants revenge, wants to show the world they're still a contender and should be in the playoffs. And Milton did enough, and Vandy just couldn't even score a point. I mean, uh, I guess I did break a rule of mine. I bet a team that looked terrible the week before, and they obviously the next week they come back uh, – uh, just shooting, you know, I mean, stopping Vanderbilt, that Tennessee defense looked legit for once in their career. So I broke a rule and that was ugly. Uh, Ohio State in the fourth quarter was completely ugly. Everyone having Ohio State preseason number one, most of the season number one. You know, they skated by a few teams that questionable, you know. The Maryland pick six, right? The Penn State game where they were kind of outgained a little bit. Uh, Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. Well, Ohio State wasn't it this year, but I will say they did have some injuries, and you wonder if this team looks a little different if Smith and the Jigba is playing. So I will say that about Ohio State, but that fourth quarter was absolutely ugly and embarrassing. Biggest point differential loss in, at the shoe in probably, I think, over 50 years. So, something ridiculous. Massively ugly. And finally, Iowa. You're in position to be the fraud of the Big Ten West to face Michigan or Ohio State or whoever is going to win it, right? You're in that position, Iowa, and you choke to freaking Nebraska. Are you serious? That is absolutely disgusting. Iowa just showing how ugly they are. And to be honest with you, the whole Big Ten West is ugly. Maybe not so much Illinois. They had some uh, injuries this year. But, man, the Big Ten West, definitely not deserving of anything. And finally, the most ugliest thing of the weekend, the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. Holy cow, $250 million lemon. You bought yourself junk. You got had by the Seattle Seahawks. Plus, you gave away some, some really good players like Fant and a couple draft picks, right? I mean, I hate to see Russell this bad because he was a Badger. He had a great season with us, but he got his ring early with Seattle, and he's been in absolute Hollywood cruise control ever since then. The dude is not motivated. He cares more about his social media sitting there doing jumps on a plane before you land the team is freaking hates him man uh you know he needs to snap into reality he's this dude is lost the good news is i still think he has talent he still looks like he's in good shape just run the ball a little bit more russell have them more afraid of your legs so he can start opening up some of those passing lanes that guys like lamar jackson and justin fields uh, Josh Allen create for themselves. So now, not all is lost, but the dude has to wake up and realize that, look, man, 
you are a massive tragedy to this team. They see you making 50 million bucks a year or whatever it is, 40, 45, I don't know, somewhere around there, and you're the reason they're losing. That doesn't go well through a locker room. You can ask Aaron Rodgers about that. All right, this brings us to college football week 13 misleading final scores. And this is the last time we are doing misleading final scores for this season. A little bittersweet. Toledo outgained Western Michigan 334 to 188, yet lost 20 to 14. A 4 to 1 turnover ratio did that, man. Utah State outgained Boise State 468 to 428, yet lost 42 to 23. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio and bad special teams and red zone efficiency hurt them. Fresno State outgained Wyoming 297 to 191, yet won 30 to 0. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio and horrible red zone hurt the Pokies. Uh, Temple outgained East Carolina 575 to 534, yet lost 49 to 46. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio and bad special teams hurt them. I, I got to tell you, that made me happy. My East Carolina over 6.5 hit because of it. Rice outgained North Texas 415 to 362, yet lost 21 to 17, a 2 to 0 turnover ratio and bad red zone efficiency hurt the Owls. Uh, Indiana outgained Purdue. 421 to 388, yet lost 30 to 16. Uh, a 1 to 0 pick six type turnover really killed them. Bad red zone as well. Houston outgained Tulsa 506 to 431, yet lost 37 to 31 to 0 turnover ratio. And a bad three for 13 third down efficiency killed the Cougs. Oklahoma outgained Texas Tech 672 to 599, yet lost 51 to 48. They won the turnover battle 2 to 1, yet lost due to bad fourth down efficiency and bad red zone. All right, let's move on to college football betting spots. There isn't. That's probably over as well because you're just going to have bowl motivation to think about, and we're going to obviously get into bowl motivation per bowl on a per-game handicap basis. But what I will say is that I might have an article that comes out just kind of show some of the higher and lower motivational spots for these bowls. I think that the Michigan-Purdue game might construe the theory of a letdown, being that they beat Ohio State, their rival at the shoe. But, I mean, this is the Big Ten Championship. They can't let down for this. It's a big spread. I don't think Purdue's got a shot, really. I mean, Harbaugh's a good coach, but look, this could be a situation where you're like, holy cow, what is Purdue being in this game? Then you remember, oh man, they just, Michigan's in the college football playoffs and they don't seem to care as much about this game than they do, uh, than they did last week. So just wanted to throw that out there. But in general, there's really no betting spots for college. NFL Week 12, misleading final scores. Dallas outgained the New York Giants. 430 to 300, yet only won 28 to 20. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio, poor officiating, hurt the spread of that game. The Patriots outgained the Vikings 409 to 358, yet lost 33 to 26. They won the turnover battle 1 to 0, but poor red zone efficiency 
hurt the Pats. The Ravens outgained the Jaguars 415 to 332, yet lost 28 to 27 and 2 to 0 turnover ratio did them in. And a lot of those turnovers were on the plus side of the field, so that really hurt the Ravens from scoring more points. NFL week 13 betting spots, letdown spots. It's really the Jaguars at the Detroit Lions after beating the Ravens. I think that's the only possible one coming up here, but there's some get up spots. San Francisco is going to want to beat the crap out of their old offensive coordinator, McDaniel uh, at Miami. I mean, you're going to say that Miami's motivated too to, you know, but it's more of a coaching side that's motivated here. Um, San Fran played with this guy. So I give the edge to San Fran. Browns, Deshaun Watson's going to want to put one on his old team, the Texans. But this, he hasn't played for them for a few years too. And he kind of got himself in trouble. I just want to say that. Um, Texans are not going to want to be embarrassed again, I don't think. But I will say Lovey Smith is in cruise control right now, not really caring. Uh, look ahead spots. The Jets could be looking past the Vikings to the Bills. That's a potential one. Uh, the Jets beat the crap out of the Bears, but you know the Vikings. It's probably a game they can afford losing, and then really think about the Bills the following week. The Jaguars are in a bit of a sandwich, so they're looking towards the Titans. Uh, in my opinion, they could be looking past the Lions now. These aren't guaranteed, and the Jaguars are still fighting for the playoffs. You know, they had a bunch of losses in a row. So take it with a grain of salt, but it's possible that they're in a little bit of a bad spot here uh, with the Titans now on deck. All right, now it's time to give you our college football championship week free play. I'm going to check to see if this line is still where I bet it. I'm guessing it's not. It's not. It's plus three, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Fresno State's plus three. I think I got it at four and a half at Boise State. As you know, Boise State had a misleading final score. Boise State beats some really bad teams, but when they step up again in competition, they tend to screw up a little bit. You have to remember here that this Boise State team uh, lost their quarterback, and then they kind of got good and had some good wins against like uh, UTEP. and Or sorry, sorry, they lost to UTEP. San Diego State. And they beat Fresno State without Fresno's quarterback. That's the key thing. Their quarterback is worth a massive amount. I would say eight to nine points, Jake Hayner going down to uh, Logan Fife. <laughs> okay. Jake Hayner is fantastic. And they're finally healthy. And Fresno State, since being healthy, you know, blew out teams like. Hawaii 55 to 13, UNLV 37 to 30, Nevada 41 to 14, and now Wyoming 30 to 0. Wyoming couldn't even score. I watched some of that game. Uh, Boise State, after the uh, uh, Air Force win, they beat a really bad Colorado State team and then lost to BYU, an overrated BYU team, 28 to 31. They weren't even in that game. Um, struggled at Wyoming 20 to 17. And then that Utah State score was a little bit misleading as well. So I think Fresno State is the best team. I bet Fresno early this year to win the Mountain West. I'm really happy they're still in the Mountain West championship game because that quarterback injury really hurt. But I think that uh, Fresno controls their destiny here. Lastly, about this cap, even with the three, four games uh, that their quarterback 
Hayner missed. They still rank 15th in offensive success rate, 11th in offensive passing play success rate. Boise State ranks 53rd and 76th, respectively there. Um, Boise State has the better defensive success rate, but as you can see, uh, Fresno State's defense has improved massively. They're still 0.72 net yards per play. Boise's 1.1. Fresno played the much tougher schedule against Oregon State at USC. That makes a difference when those numbers at the end of the day. Fresno plus three, plus 100 for two stars. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Now it's time for a little fantasy football with our guy, D-Nasty. All right, it's time for some fantasy football. We got our guy, D-Nasty, back. Dave, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, wonderful. It was always nice to watch a little bit of football and eat some Thanksgiving turkey and uh, watch the John Madden specials and the, and the introductions. Uh, always, always a good Thanksgiving. It sure as heck is, man. Um, yeah, I'm... Uh, watching Jonathan Taylor fumble right now. I'm kind of <laughs> upset about him down by four in this league. He should have got the touchdown and he fumbles, but I think they just awarded it to Matt Ryan. It looks like it was a quarterback oh, exchange. Did. Yeah. It was a quarterback. Taylor had it in his hands and then it fell out of Taylor's hands. So that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the whole quarterback exchange is all is just based upon the website where you're going. That's an interesting. Uh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I've seen it usually go to the running back myself, so I'm kind of scratching my head here, but sweating that one out. Um, otherwise, yeah, we had a great Thanksgiving as well and uh, back at it with some fantasy. Lots of uh, craziness this week and there's some key injuries and a little bit of bye weeks, isn't there, Dave? Yep. I'll get into the two, only two teams on bye this week, so a pretty light bye week this week. Uh, we got the same uh, Arizona Cardinals, your hometown there, Kiev. Uh, we got Kyler Not Murray. Not hometown. My well, trans. Your new trans. Uh, planet hometown. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> so we got Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback, who a lot of people are probably starting. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, who came back this past week. Uh, James Conner. Those are going to be the main guys. I don't think you're starting any tight ends. McBride, but. Uh, he's a, definitely a sleeper. He's not someone you're starting anyways. So not too many guys on the Cardinals. Panthers, you're really not starting many Panthers either. Maybe DJ Moore, uh, Dante Foreman. Uh, those are going to be the, probably the only two that you're really starting. Uh, another other quarterbacks you're going to be starting at this time. So uh, Plus, they've been rotating quarterbacks like crazy. It's a little quarterback carousel there and at, for the Panthers. So you never know who's going to start at quarterback anyway. So you're not starting any of those guys. Uh, maybe Terrence Marshall, borderline, but you're probably not starting him unless you're really desperate and it has a lot of bye weeks. So uh, main main guys are going to be Foreman and For- DJ Moore. Yeah, Foreman and Moore. Um, Chubb's been hurt, for, or Chuba Hubbard's been hurt for a while. So um, really Foreman is the big guy. I mean, if you're starting one of those garbage quarterbacks, I feel sorry for you anyway, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, it's funny, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended, and you get him back for, you know, six, maybe four or five weeks or whatever it's been, and now he's uh, out again. (laughs) Just uh, creeping up on people on week 13. But otherwise, Kyler Murray, I guess, who probably started, he was definitely hot and cold this year. He's had some stinkers himself. So, um, you know, not terrible for bye weeks here with just the Cardinals and the Panthers. Uh, Let's move on to key injuries. Uh, 
My Bears, man, Dave, uh, we just injured everybody before the Packer game this week, so I'm kind of disappointed with that. Uh, Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson on defense. Of course, Eddie Jackson is just an IDP-type situation, but Darnell Mooney, Eddie Jackson um, for the Bears, and uh, Justin Fields might not even play. And also, Aaron Rodgers got hurt that game a little bit last uh, last night against the Eagles. I think he's going to be okay, though. I think he's going to play. Dave, um, I'm hoping he doesn't, but we'll see. They said it's his ribs, but it could be his oblique. They were saying last night it was oblique, but now they're saying today is it's ribs. So probably going to play with a rib injury. I, I think uh, Justin Herbert started with a rib injury too. So I think he probably plays this week. I'm hoping he doesn't. I'd like to see Love get some play, but we'll see. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's Aaron would want to play because he's making $50 million. He doesn't want the other guy to show better than him right now. That would be be pretty embarrassing so i think he's gonna try i think he's gonna play in chicago and you know he's got an easy defense probably the worst in the league right now with all the injuries and the trades the bears did completely complete rebuild it's like they didn't even want to hide it they're like we are rebuilding (laughs) travis Etienne, uh foot injury for the jaguars so he went out that game we'll see how bad that ends up wide receiver Allen robinson now um oh Pittman just scored a touchdown uh, Allen Robinson needs a uh, foot surgery and he's out for the season. Not like it yeah, mattered because, because the Rams were terrible anyway. And I, I wouldn't doubt if they bench Stafford the rest of the year too. R- uh, running back Michael Carter for the jets went out with an ankle running back Elijah Mitchell with an ACL sprain for the Niners and running back Najee Harris, just this game left the game as well. So we'll monitor that injury, Dave. That's all I have. Yeah, and Mitchell, they're saying he's going to be out six to eight weeks, so he is droppable now, uh, especially with McCaffrey there. So uh, they said that MCL sprain was more serious than they thought. Uh, he probably won't need surgery, so six to eight weeks. So uh, for fantasy purposes, you can drop him if it's not a dynasty league. Uh, he's not going to be playing the rest of this year. Correct, correct, correct. So there you go with the injuries. Do you have any others? No, those all I had. You had most of the ones, the same ones that I did. Yeah, I, I didn't see a lot from Thursday. I, you know, I, I tried to look back, and I couldn't find a lot from Thursday, really. I think most no. people got out of it healthy. Two key notes that weren't injuries, but people that started. Mike White, like I said, played this week. Uh, started in place of Zach Wilson. And Kyle Allen started in place of David Mills this week. So just make a note of that as well. Those guys weren't injured, uh, but they, they did lose their jobs to the backup quarterbacks. That's right. Lost their jobs. They took our jobs. Now, waiver uh, wire. I'm guessing you have Mike White on there, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, so my f- number one waiver wire pickup this week is going to be Mike White. Uh, he's the guy I talked about a little bit last week on on the podcast, and I think he's going to be a league winner if he plays like he did this past week, three, over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and he's not very much. He's not very rostered right now. Very, low percentage of rostered right now in most leagues. He's very able to be picked up right now. Another guy is Deshaun Watson. He's coming back week 13. He's going to be returning. Uh, comes back with a nice matchup against the Houston Texans, who are just horrible right now. Uh, only 56% owned. So if Watson's out there, definitely snatch him up. Uh, definitely want him. Uh, a couple running backs. We talked about Jarrett McKinnon last week. I won't talk about him again. Uh, but another running back you definitely want to grab this week, Zonovan Knight. Uh, I didn't know who this guy was until this past week, but he looked good. Uh, James Robinson was a healthy scratch on Sunday. Uh, so with Michael Carter injured, it could be Zonovan Knight. They probably do activate James Robinson, I'm thinking, next week. But Zonovan Knight is the guy who 
took over. He had 14 carries. He turned those into 69 yards. And then Ty Johnson operated as the receiving back over the backfield. Uh, he hit a nice game as well. So uh, only 1% rostered right now. Another guy, Jordan Mason with the Liza Mitchell injury. Jordan Mason is a speculative ad that you definitely want to pick up. Uh, Mitchell was splitting carries uh, with McCaffrey. He was getting quite a few carries still. So Jordan Mason actually could get some run. He got some extra run in week 12, logging five carries. Uh, if Mitchell, with Mitchell not coming back, he's definitely going to be a nice running back to pick up. Uh, Kyron Williams, we talked about him. He's only 36% rostered still. Uh, he's actually taken over as the main target in that backfield now. Uh, he played 70% of the snaps and led all Los Angeles Rams in carries with 11 while adding three targets. So he wasn't very efficient, but he is definitely taking over that backfield. Another guy we definitely want to pick up, Jamichael Hasty. Uh, he looked good in filling in for Travis Etienne. Uh, so definitely pick him up. He's got 17 total touches, 12 carries, uh, which in which ETN exited early. And Daryl Henderson might be a spe that speculative ad as well, uh, who they just signed a few weeks ago as well. There you go. No, a lot of good stuff. You know, it's funny, James Robinson. It's like, what happened to him? You know, it's like, it used, I thought he was going to be a bigger role for the Jets, and they're playing like guys like Zonovan White. You know, I know that's crazy. I can't believe he's playing over him. I was shocked when I saw Zonovan White and not James Robinson. Another guy, too, for the Jaguars that you want to take a look at is Zay Jones. He had a huge monster week this past week. He racked up 11 catches, 145 yards, and it had a two point conversion as well. So he definitely had a big week. So he's only 25% owned in leagues right now. He's seen 24 total targets over the past two weeks. So He's definitely getting some looks now. No, I agree with all that. I think Ty Johnson would get a bump too for the Michael Carter injury. Just some, yeah. He'll he'll be the receiving back, like you said. Um, you know, I, I I had to dig deep this week. There wasn't a lot out there that I liked. I mean, if you want to get really, if if you think Stafford's going to come back, maybe you go for like a uh, two two Atwell from the Rams. Uh, he could be a deeper league type situation. Uh, Van Jefferson for sure. Uh, for the Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, obviously, injuries. So uh, those are the two that you might have a shot, but don't have any expectations for this. Don't drop somebody decent. I think the Rams could be completely mailing it in this year. So I'm worried about that. Uh, Equimus St. Brown for the Mooney injury. I, I, the Bears need someone to throw it to. I know Claypool's there, but um, I think St. Brown's going to try to take the Mooney job over now that Mooney's out for the season. Running back Jordan Mason. Uh, for the Mitchell injury, he's the one that's going to take up the yards. A lot of people thought it'd be Tyrion Davis Price, but I think it's going to be Jordan Mason that's going to be picking up the slack now. Unfortunately, it's still CMC there, but CMC gets banged up. You know, if CMC's banged up, this Niners running, running team is massive uh, for a running back. So I almost think you should be owning, someone should be owning both these guys, just a handcuff situation. Uh, that's Jalen Warren, I guess. Now that Harris just went out this game, so you got to think about him a little bit. Jalen Warren and maybe um, Snell, but mostly Warren and Tyler Conklin. Uh, we've said this before, but he, he's going to have a nice matchup with Mike White against the Vikings' bad D. Whenever there's a backup quarterback type in, you always uh, look for tight ends. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely like that. And then Foster Moreau too. Actually, has been playing well too as well. Yep, yep. He's another guy you want to take a look at if you need a tight end this week for buys. Uh, but the, there is really not too many buys. But, yeah, if, you, if you're looking for another guy to fill in or if you're short at tight end, Foster Moreau is actually playing well and placing Darren Waller. So definitely look at picking him up. 
Uh, he's, he's played on the last six games, 96%, 100%, 97%, 96, 100, and 100. So, yes, he's definitely getting all the snaps for tight ends for the Raiders. For sure, for sure. Let's move on to non-starters trending up for Week 13. Uh, I'm just going to go right back to uh, Tyler Conklin. He is uh, trending up as a starter against the Vikings. The same with Mike White. Mike White should be able to put up some numbers against the Vikings. The Vikings D is bad. Um, well, I mean, they're not... I wouldn't say they're the worst, but they're definitely bottom 10, bottom eight, maybe. So that's what I think. Uh, running back A.J. Dillon versus the Bears, horrible D is going to have a field day, I think, especially if Rodgers is out. But I think they're going to you know, relieve some pressure against Rodgers. They they're not going to want him to get hit. And then, um, the, yeah, I like him. Jamichael Hasty against the lowly Lions. He might pick up some carries for uh, the ETN injury, so I like Jamichael Hasty this week. I like quarterback Marcus Mariota against the Steelers. Bad D, you can see them choking up to the Colts right now. Um, so you know their dink and dunk style probably will beat up the Steelers a little bit. Uh, running back Cordero Patterson on the other side against the Steelers D, I think is going to be good too. Not other side, I meant the other position. Cordero Patterson to match up with Mariota should both have good weeks. Uh, quarterback Deshaun Watson versus the Texans could be worth a look. I mean, I don't know what to expect. He looked really bad in preseason after that year off, Dave. I'd pick him up as a speculative, uh, but this is like his revenge game, so you wonder if like it will click. I I'm skeptical. If you're desperate, I would take Watson, but I would vote Mike White over Watson this week. I really would. No, I agree. Like I think Brissett's still going to be better than Watson, still coming back and just jumping right in there, but... They have nothing to lose right now. They're four and seven, so they're they're going to get Watson back in there. He's a franchise guy, but like you said, I definitely take White over him though, still. This yeah, for until further notice. All right, let's move to. Oh no, we still got a couple. Mari Cooper. You probably started Mari Cooper in most leagues, but he's got a great matchup against the Texans. Uh, wide receiver Drake London versus the Falcons is going to be great. Uh, or sorry, not versus the Falcons. Uh, versus the Steelers is going to be a good streamer and running back. Uh, no, no, I can't use this one. I don't even. Why did I write Derrick Henry? He's a starter anyway, so we'll skip that one. What do you got for? Trent? Oh, he has a good matchup. Yeah, he's got. For, a great, yeah, that's what. Yeah, he's got a great matchup. So it's like, don't think the Eagles have a good running D because they don't. Yeah, I like Joshua Kelly. Actually, he's against the poor Raiders defense. I like him actually. Uh, and Joshua Palmer, I like him too against the Raiders. Uh, two guys trending up. Uh, Tyler Boyd against Chiefs. They don't really have a good pass defense, so uh, I like Tyler Boyd this week. Uh, and Higgins, you're already starting, but Tyler Boyd I like this week. So Margie Perrine, if he does start again, I like that matchup as well for him. Uh, definitely like that matchup. Uh, I do like 49ers. I do like Jordan Mason and uh, Tyrone Davis-Price, if either one of those guys uh, get a lot of run. I think they could be sleepers against the poor Dolphins D. Dolphins have been winning, but they've been getting up a lot of points still. Uh, I do like uh, actually Kyron Williams against the Seahawks. The Seahawks do not have a good defense as well. Uh, so I like Kyron Williams. Uh, and I do like Brian Robinson. He's borderline must start almost now. But he was sharing snaps with Gibson, but uh, he took over the backfield this past week and just looked awesome. Uh, so I definitely like him against the poor Giants D. And I agree with you with a lot of your other ones. I do like the matchup for A.J. Dillon this week against the Bears. Uh, pretty much Watson is a must start probably too for the Packers right now, but if not, I like him against the Bears as well. Uh, Watson's been blowing up now over the last couple weeks. He's a TD machine now that he's healthy. And, and I do like, actually, 
Kenny Pickett against the poor Falcons defense. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. I like Kenny Pickett against that poor defense. Angeline Warren, uh, if he is filling in for Harris. I don't know. I agree with a lot of that. Who are your busts? All right, my bust this week, Ramad Stevenson against the tough Buffalo Bills defense. I don't like him or Mac Jones against that tough Bills D. Uh, I do not like the running game, Ravens against the Broncos. Even though the Broncos can't score, they still have a good defense. I'm downgrading Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake. Uh, even though Edwards did take over that backfield this past week, uh, I do not like the Jets running game against the Vikings. I think the Vikings still can stop the run. Uh, they're bad against the pass, but I don't think that running backs, those fill-in running backs are going to get much play against the Vikings. I'm downgrading that backfield. Uh, do not like Ryan Tannehill against the Eagles. Henry's going to just run all over them because they can't stop the run, as you can see the other night. Uh, Packers can stop them either as well, though, but I think Henry runs all over them this week. So uh, definitely guy you want to start, like you were saying before. So uh, I do not like Tannehill against the Eagles, though. I think they're going to just be running the ball, so he's not going to get many passing attempts. Uh, I do not like the Dolphins against the tough 49ers. The 49ers are a team that you don't want to play right now, and the Dolphins do not want to play them this week. Uh, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert are not going to get anything against the 49ers this week. So definitely downgrading both of them. Uh, and then It's Cor- so interesting to have Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert play their old team here with their old coach that was the offensive coordinator under Kyle Shanahan. That's the biggest story of the week, I think. Oh, it is definitely. It's, the big, it's going to be the biggest game of the week. Uh, but I still don't think they do well against the 49ers. 49ers have been playing tough defense. They just shut up the Saints. So uh, their defense is definitely playing well right now. Uh, the old linebacker, I can't think of his name off the top of my head now, the defensive coordinator now, uh, he's been playing. He's, he's, he's got that defense playing really, really well right now. Uh, and then I do not like Colts against the t- tough Cowboys, the number one ranked defense. I do not like Taylor or Matt Ryan, especially Matt Ryan against that tough Cowboys D. Yeah, that should be dangerous. I hope you're yeah. not starting Matt Ryan anyway. <laughs> yeah, do not start Matt Ryan. You know, you have to start Jonathan Taylor almost. It's, you do, yeah, but he's still, it's still going to be tough training, tough training for him this week as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, difficult uh, matchups. So, so I got running back Miles Sanders versus the Titans, D. That's a little scary. Um, might be some better options on your roster than him. Uh, Latavius Murray versus Baltimore is bad. Uh, and just like Russell Wilson, man, <laughs> just so bad lately. Um, I, I, I can't start anyone for Denver, Cortland, Sutton, Sutton either. You know, it's no, just it's horrible it, right now. They're so bad. Um, Mac Jones, I agree against the Bills. That's a tough one. Um, Michael Pittman versus the Cowboys isn't a good look. I wrote so kind of going with your Matt Ryan thing. Uh, running back Gus Edwards versus Denver on the other side isn't a good position. I think they get their yards another way. But, um, yeah, Gus Edwards yeah, probably get like 50 yards or something. But, you know, Lamar is going to suck up the touchdowns in that one. Um, Leonard Fournette versus the Saints D. I don't even know if he's back. I know White's been playing there. I don't like either of them, though, Dave. So um, No, I don't like him either the tough Saints D. Kamara, too, struggled this past week. I think he struggles again against a tough Tampa Bay D. They're good against the run, so I don't like Kamara's matchup this week. It's so hard to not start him either, though. Um, I know, but just really like, had 13 yards this week on, like, I think it was seven or eight carries. Like, against the Niners. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's, that's, that's true. Um, yeah, it's scary for Dolphins owners because you have all those guys you relied on, and now it's like they have a, finally have a tough matchup. So that's interesting. 
No, no, that's for sure. Those are my bus. And so that brings us to you. You did, you did your bus, right? I did, yeah. Okay, Nasty Sleeper Dave, who do you got? Mike White, baby. I like Mike White, like you were saying, against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's here to stay. I think he's going to win that job. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be starting again the rest of this year. I like Mike White to, against the Minnesota Vikings and that being nasty sleeper of the week. I almost That's used him. I, I almost used him, but I remember like that when he played, it was either last year or the year before. I think it was last year. He was awesome the first game and completely choked the second. So I don't know if that's going to be consistent. I mean, that's just, you know, small sample size, obviously, but. I don't think he does. I think his weapons, he's got a lot more weapons now. They've surrounded him with some good receivers now. So I think his team is much, much better than it was last year. Uh, With Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, they got some nice young receivers now. Uh, Even though Carter's up, they still have some decent running backs too as well. So I, I like his matchup though too still. No, for sure. Um, I yeah, Mike White I think is going to be great. Mine's Cordero Patterson because I just think that they should be able to just get a lot of yards versus Steelers. He's going to be a dink and dunk guy too. He's going to get a lot of catches, being that he used to be a receiver, you know. And he's a just a good big running back that could pound the Steelers. And I think he's going to have a massive game this week. Steelers are going to be on short rest, playing Monday night right now as we speak. So I'm going with Cordero Patterson, buddy. I like it. Awesome stuff, Dave. Anything else we missed? No, just make sure you get those bye week guys out. Uh, make sure you get those. Pick, make sure you get to the waiver wire and make that final playoff push for those playoff spots. Yeah, we have the final push happening right now. Awesome stuff. Well, you guys, if you have any questions about fantasy, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Contact us on our website, info at theoddsbreakers.com. Enjoy the rest of your week and go get some winners.